Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look at Goldberg! He's ready! Oh, It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. Oh, baby! Hulk Hogan, you fucking bastard! Well, angry he is. It's the Coldholic Classic Nitro Review, where we get together to say, Fuck Hulk Hogan! And the ship that you came in on for what you've done to WCW, you fucking uh, bastard. You Fuck may have Hogan. built this industry, but you're not gonna. You're a bad man. You're gonna beat us. Fuck you, Hogan. That's that's what this episode's all about. Uh, as is this episode of Nitro. Who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, walking you through every episode of Nitro from the beginning to its bitter end, alongside resident WCW kid for cultaholic Sam Driver. Fuck Hogan. Fuck Hogan. Fuck Hogan. Right Fuck Hogan. Up he's the probably middle. never even had a bovril. Oh, do you know? And he's been to the UK. He can't say he hasn't. He wouldn't. He, I bet if he had a bovril, he'd lie about it. Oh yeah, he'd lie about it. He'd say he it was did. it was Coca Cola flavored or something. He'd be a piece of shit. Fucking hate. He'd say it was not healthy. It doesn't fit into a balanced diet. He had the nerve to lie on Lily Savage's bed on the big breakfast and do what he did. Disgraceful. <laughs> Paul O'Grady be rolling, knowing what he went on to do. He's just... Rolling, I tell you. It's it's quite amazing how far they go in this episode. It's so amazingly fuck far. me, I've got three pages of notes for the first time. <laughs> and it's largely just, uh, Hulk, you're a bad man. Oh, you pig. Oh, you <clears throat> made all them kids cry. <laughs> Bra. I'll tell you who's a good man, Sam Driver, because it was his birthday. Just Yay! the other day. Birthday boy Sam Driver the other day. Dare, you, dare I ask how old you are? No, you don't. I'm 21 years old. 21, that's the right answer. It's 20, 21 plus 21 the, years 21 old. 21 plus the VAT. 21 plus the VAT. If anyone asks. <laughs> Someone. But you had a nice birthday, didn't you? Went yeah, to, it was good. I went to see um, the uh, re-release of the 4K version of, of Inland Empire, which is a David Lynch film that's very meta and very... It's all about sort of um, psyche and the psyche of actors and like sort of like a cursed movie production and then folding realities in on themselves in which you kind of become the characters. But then also there's a deeper symbolism to it and it's three hours and there's a lot of flashing lights. It's good. <laughs> that's, a, that's a wonderful, <laughs> that's a very Sam Driver birthday. You, Lynch films are kind of like, usually you'll watch them, they'll go in, you'll watch them again, you'll start, sort of pick up more and more. But like, they always stay with you for a few days. They're like thinkers. Because quite a lot of the time you're like, so when that was that, was that this? Or if it is, does that mean that? And you kind of just 
work your way through it. I need to say a big thank you to uh, Lou Bear and Rory for the card they sent to the office as well. And Garmon Monroe, fucking legend. Garmon Monroe sent me original recipe iron brew, classic sweets, and toys for Cooper. Oh, what a Gar Monroe guy. is the, the absolute top gent. Big love to you, Gar. Lovely stuff. Get to see Melvin's on Friday as well, which is going to be nice. And uh, uh, Magic Weekend, so two, day, two days straight of, of rugby. Of course, Magic Weekend's this weekend. I don't think I'm ready for it. I'm knackered. <laughs> Fucking knackered. Birthday weekend. I'll be awake continues. through Wigan. I'll be awake through Wigan. I don't know what I'll be doing. You know, when we get to that, the, I don't know. We'll Would see. it be a bigger we'll than see. Wigan? It, it, well, it should be, Moderately but it's, it's, it's happening in, in St. James's, not in Wigan. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice. I, I love when the Magic Weekend comes to the North. It's always a good vibe. Really good vibe. Until the Lovely first cast fan gets thrown out or arrested. <laughs> and then it's, uh, <laughs> don't ever be the main story of Magic Weekend. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you should never be the, the main. The takeaway should be a net benefit for the sport of rugby league, but I... I Rugby's up in the air right now as a sport. <laughs> that for rugby and for Newcastle. It should be a, a nice way to for vendors to earn some money over the weekend. Yeah, get your hot dogs out. Yeah. Get them on the go. <laughs> get your hot dogs out for the lads. They do rollover boys in the uh, stadium. I can't wait to pay <laughs> nine quid for one, but they do them. <laughs> I love a roll. I live across the way, though, but it's one of those where it's like, is it a half hour break between or is it going to be like an hour? If it's an hour and a half, then I'll fucking go home. <laughs> you don't want to stay and eat <laughs> go rollover home, boys? drink five more cans, come back and scream at Hull. Go home, drink five <laughs> more cans, come back and scream at Catalan. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> Sound Driver's Weekend sounds fantastic. Yeah. If you don't know what a rollover is, like these are those sort of cinema-esque theatre hot dogs that you get that are kept in a hot box. Yeah, they're just your generic non-herter or harter, however you say it, brand hot dog. But they're like 20 quid each. And they're supposed to come in, uh, well, the whole idea, like I remember when they launched a video, they were supposed to come in like a hollowed out baguette. So there was yes. a baguette with a rather suspicious-looking cylinder cut out of it. Uh, but then it would go into that, and it would be, you know, it wouldn't spill mess everywhere. But then the amount of times you buy them, and they're in some cheap, shitty-ass bun, and it's just going all over your lap. And it's like there's about seven of the nine pounds there just buried in my jeans. <laughs> Bastard. You'll know them. Do you know what? I'd seven, I don't know, it'd be like seven million quid for a Carlin as well, or something as well. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, ta a, a, a table roll from rollover. <laughs> but that's how you feel noises. about those yeah. prices at things, you know, at venues like that. You gotta, you gotta make your money, but it is fucking ridiculous. I when when I went to Tottenham for NFL and it was like a five for a pint, I nearly collapsed with like what? I just paid seven quid for a pint in somebody's front garden down the road. Because <laughs> that, that that was weird. On the approach to Tottenham Stadium, there was just like. Random bottoms of houses converted into like little boozers. Brilliant. <laughs> Which I thought yes. was class. Uh, so we we, uh, we found the cheapest one, I think, after about two of them. And then it was just like, all right, sweet. It's it's a reasonable amount for a beer here. And then we got in the arena, uh, sorry, stadium. And I was like, fucking hell. Fucking hell. <laughs> it's, it's manageable. <laughs> How, weren't, who but they, who fucking hell. How much were the rollover hot dogs there? I, I don't know. I didn't oh, check. Geez. We were going out for a fine evening meal, you see. A rollover hot dog is a fine evening meal. It should have been. Asking. It should have been. <laughs> so on the subject of uh, sausage-skinned monstrosities that sold out, fuck Hulk Hogan. <laughs> fuck him. Fuck Hulk Hogan. I just want to take a big opportunity to just say fuck him. Yeah, and that's what we'll like, do what, throughout what, the show. What it... What was he thinking? What's he getting at? Eh? So Making the little Hulkamaniacs cry. Making them destroy Fucking all their exclusive Hulk you, Hogan merchandise. You, you, you knackered old handbag skinned bastard. <laughs> he does look like 
a handbag your mum's left in the shed and it's been a bit exposed to the elements. Yeah, and someone yeah. put some hair on the bottom of it. Yeah. And it Dan fucking is shit in acting films. But yeah. we'll but that that is the top the topic of the day on July the 8th episode of Nitro, which we're going to get into in just a moment. Uh, from the real world, the boring real world, Mission Impossible is the UK number one movie. And number one US movie is Independence Day. Fuck yes. Yes. Or if you're American, ID4 Independence Day. It is ID4. It's the sci-fi movie uh, directed Never by... Never made fucking ID4. Makes no sense. I do, people have tried to explain it to me. I don't... It, is it because <laughs> um, it's 4th of July? 4th of July. Yeah, but ID4, Independence Day 4. It does make it sound like it's the fourth Independence yeah. Day movie, but it's just the one. Or like they tried three IDs, but it was the fourth ID that unlocked the blue door in Doom that let the aliens loose. <laughs> like, I, I just, I, I get it. It was the 90s, punchy, catchy, you know, abbreviation. But Independence Day is a banger. It's a fucking amazing movie. Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum, Mary McDonald, Judd Hirsch, Margaret Collin, Randy Quaid, Harvey Fierce. Put some respect on Randy Robert Logier. <laughs> Robert Logier, Tom. Logier, I prefer. Ro Robert Logier. He likes it when I call him Logier. <laughs> he feels like a Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> My Logier has grown into a Logobat. <laughs> uh, it is the story, of course, of aliens attacking Earth, blowing up major part the, the 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 icon of america well it's, it's it's part of the big the big argument right in searching for extraterrestrial life is like everybody kind of goes well they're either going to be bad or good and then you get a load of people on one side going like well they're clearly going to be bad what the fuck are they here for spying on us pieces of shit what are they doing they were clearly working with the government secret they're probably feeding people to them and that's where people all the people who go missing that you never see again they're getting fed aliens by the government uh and in some lab underneath new mexico uh is it the the, the last dulce lab and there's aliens oh. down there and they all live there and then there was the other guy who has the completely unbelievable story that he drilled through the floor in some mine and then landed in some alien enclosure area there's a i've read a lot and now on the other close side, to the sun icarus on, on the other side you've got <laughs> Uh, people going, well, they'll be benevolent. Anybody that can reach that level of technology has got to be benevolent. And it's like, or they could just be like interdimensional beings fucking around. They could be anything. <laughs> they are angry <laughs> in 1996 for reasons. Uh, they blow up the White House, yes. which is a quite, a, quite a nice first statement. And then it's up to the president and Will Smith and friends to take them down they on even, Independence Day. They even go to Area 51 and the aliens have got all these like whippy tendril things and it kills the guy that looks like Jim Steinman who wrote <laughs> all the Meatloaf's music. And that is not how rock and roll dreams come through. No, it's not. <laughs> it's really And then not. eventually they save the day and then there's a sequel that I never saw. There was a sequel, wasn't yeah. there? Yeah. Oh. They somehow talked Goldblum back into it. <laughs> oh. Sometimes you just I just love the end of it. It's just him going, oh, it's because it's not compatible. <laughs> Saves the day. <laughs> and then it, you, is it the famous bit where it cuts them and he's got like the, he's got the fucking Morse code because, you know, you've got to use as much technology <laughs> to get the message out <laughs> to all other countries. Yeah. <laughs> Is that one where they went, oh, the Americans are getting the aliens. Thank goodness, eh? <laughs> like, they cut to England and we're just there going, oh, I'm glad they're oh, we'd sorting be, it We'd out. be a burned out husk. They'd take <laughs> London and that'd be it. <laughs> they'd be, no, they'd be, uh, they'd be bloody protesting the street going, the aliens are fine. They're just <laughs> killing us for a laugh. 
Yeah, this don't is, listen to the media. This is what the aliens do. You invite them here by sending out messages, including the the weird picture disc thing you attached to. Was it sell the tape to Voyager, <laughs> uh, with like the little etchings of people and music on it and shit? Uh, but yeah, you 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 take all that and then you know you want them, them fucking gone now because they've turned up and they're blowing up your buildings. Well, you run a risk and they're, in, like, you know sending a video capturing of... your people and and turning them into alien human hybrids like in Half Life Two. Oh, that might be a thing. Yeah, maybe it's already a thing, Tom. Haven't you seen those really, 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 really believable videos on Twitter <laughs> where you'll have like Hillary Clinton? Um, and it's definitely not a fil filter that's been put over the image or anything, but then she'll look at the screen and her whole face shape changes really quickly like it's been badly edited in, and then her eyes are glowing and lizard-like, and then they go back to normal. Well, I, for one, don't doubt it. No, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, uh, that's all the proof I need. <laughs> I mean, I, as confirmation bias will tell me, that is as deep as I will look. Yeah. I will accept that as is, and I shan't do any further research. Exactly. Just in case it's wrong. Also, just, just pick a random letter of the alphabet and make your whole life about it. Yeah, that's what people love. Just whenever anybody says you shouldn't be doing that, just go, and then attack wherever your main political building is um, and, and then look like idiots. That's what we do. Yep. Humans, we deserve to die. Uh, <laughs> number one UK song this week is Three Lions, back at number one for Woo! a bit. Yeah. After the football, after we did quite well in the Get football. It. Fucking didn't win it, though. We didn't, but it's still going home. Uh, in the US, Tupac, Casey and Jojo, and Dr. Dre are number one with California Love. Delicious. Nice. Uh, on this particular day, 8th of July, the day that Monday Night Show is airing, the day after Hogan did that fucking awful thing, there is another group Another faction that is set to host, uh, set to have a hostile takeover of the entertainment industry, right? Because it's on this Hit day, the eighth of July, nineteen ninety-six. Hit me with it. The Spice Girls release "Wannabe." On this day, it's here. Whether it's you want all it downhill or downhill from here, isn't it? It's all, this, well, is, this is the beginning of the end of culture. This is where it starts. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Halliwell said well, upon release of the song, "All these fans out here, all this crap in the ring." Is it is these fans out here? For all Ken I have my just, head high. Ken Loach just sobbing on the front row, knowing <laughs> this is the end. This is the end. Jerry Howell looks him in the eye and says, "I held my head high. The reaction you lot gave us, you fans can stick it, brother." <laughs> uh, yeah, wannabe is here, and it will become a, a monster of a hit. An eternal earworm that you will never fucking escape. Um, no matter how much your life depends on it. You could be marooned on a fucking island <laughs> and I guarantee you it will somehow find its way there. We really want a Zigga Zigga. And you can hear, you're singing it now already. That's how much it's embedded in your brain, like an ear worm. It's like green sleeves. Uh, from The Observer, uh, something that we briefly mentioned last week, uh, but there is still an offer on the table for Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, to join World Championship Wrestling. $400,000 uh, yeah, is the money that Bishop wants to I can't see that him. ever happening or working. Yeah. Uh, now, Titan have come back. Vincent Manico have said, look, we can't give you $400,000, Davey. We can give you these jeans. <laughs> These Levi jeans. Oh, I don't know. Do they fit badly? Tight in areas and not tight in others. You're on. <laughs> How much would I get? Twelve grand a year. Uh, I have to do some maths. Can I? Can you do? Can you? Can I? Can I also get my skin all look like I've got high blood pressure throughout the next two years? 
Like he got very angry, like a pepper army. He looked like a human embodiment of the colour you go when you have gout. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was human gout. He was like the, the gout mascot without any gout. He was obviously <laughs> quite healthy. So like, gout finder general. Like, I'm just one of the symptoms. I'm not the bad, the <laughs> super bad. I'm just the red. My gimmick is I'm a symptom of gout. <laughs> Jeez, it's not, it's not wrong. But now they have, they did offer him jeans, but they also offered him a $250,000 downside guarantee for five years. So this is something that's happening a lot with WWF. They're going, look, they're offering you a big bag of money. We can offer you smaller bags of money, but spread over a longer period of time. Yeah. Uh, some go for it. We'll see whether Davey does. Some don't. But that's kind of where, because that's all they can do at the moment. They're not, they haven't got the, the war chest. The, no, they've the not got the wherewithal either. And I think the whole thing is like, while it's it's one of those things where it's like you're making less money, for the guaranteed time for a lot of people, it is going to be quite enticing. And then at the same time, I guess, if you get the guaranteed money and then you start impressing, you've still got the guaranteed time and maybe you'll get more money. Mm-hmm. So basically that. Otherwise, it's not. It's a pretty quiet week in the Observer for the World of world Championship Wrestling. Well, uh, uh, Because all eyes are on what happened the night before. Uh, which has spiked a lot of interest in World Championship Wrestling. You won't be uh, surprised Shameful. to hear that it becomes the focal point of tonight's episode of Nitro. Does it really? Yeah. I couldn't tell. Shock, horror, I and could drama. Not tell. Uh, we are live July the 8th, 1996 at Disney MGM Studios in Orlando, Florida. Amazing. <clears throat> Opener. Yeah. So Disney MGM, uh, back, well, back in 85, Disney and Metro Goldwyn Mayer started a licensing contract that gave Disney worldwide rights to use the MGM brand and logo uh, for for media purposes, and that would become what they would do with Disney MGM Studios. Uh, the park included a working production facility for films and TV shows such as Nitro, uh, a Hollywood backlot, and a satellite animation studio for Walt Disney feature animation. So they would make some big movies here. Nice. However, MGM United Artists in '88 uh, uh, filed a lawsuit that claimed that Disney had violated their agreement by operating working movie and television studio at a theme park they weren't they were basically upset with the fact that they were using their branding but also having offices there right. essentially they said no you can use it to market stuff you can't make stuff under our name yeah that's that's kind of um mm. that's kind of exploiting a copyright it's it kind <laughs> of a is exploited a copyright. just a little bit uh disney responded by opening the theme park anyway <laughs> disney responded by by launching nhn uh, which is a rival corporation. I mean, this is this is something that rumbled Making on. Making Jane Bond to really stick it to him. <laughs> Jane Bondlet. Uh, anyway, the this rumbled on. Uh, Disney filed a counter lawsuit claiming that MGM United Artists and MGM Grand had conspired to violate Disney's worldwide rights to MGM in the theme park business and saying that it would harm Disney's reputation by building its own theme park at the MGM Grand Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. That was what MGM wanted to do. On October 23rd, I could see that being crap. Yeah, it would be rubbish. Imagine taking your kids for a week in Vegas. What can you do like for a week in Vegas with kids? I imagine that's hell. Like absolute hell. It's just a bit of grown-up place, isn't it? It's yeah. a grown-up Disney World. Uh, LA Judge, Superior Court Judge Curtis B. Rapp ruled that Disney in 1992 had the right to continue using the Disney MGM Studios name on film product produced at the Florida facility and the MGM Grand had also had the right to build the Las Vegas theme park using the MGM name and logo as long as it did not share the same studio backlot theme as Disney's property. Uh, I can't remember whether we get a theme park film built at MGM Grand. I don't I have think no idea. we do. There's no, uh, the MGM Grand as far as I was, like, so that's where we were for um, Double or Nothing, I think. 
Mm. So that it was just a, a massive fucking gargantuan arena as part of some like four or five arena complex. And they were all kind of linked. It was weird. Now, when it opened, the only two attractions operating were the Studio Backlot Tour and the Great Movie Ride. Come on, you're not telling me Blue Man Group weren't there. They've got <laughs> to have been there. They probably were there. They point. might not have been Blue Men. They, they'll <laughs> have just been part of the paint on the walls at this stage. Not quite fully congealed into human form. It would later have uh, the Muppets 4D experience there, which is still there to this day. Nice. They, re they revamp it every couple of years. Uh, but, of course, the, the feature, the highlight, the crown jewel of Disney MGM Studios would become the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Yes. That would very much put MGM on the map and be more than just a Hollywood backlot with a couple of kiddie teacup rides. Yeah, Tower of Terror was good shit. Yeah. yeah. They marketed it beautifully. It was, and it yeah, just became a globally. Big deal. It was mm. like front and center on so many things. You ever been on, you've been Tower of Terror? No, I don't been, been Tower, Tower of Terror. Terror. No, I've only ever done Universal Parks. Oh. I need to do Disney, but... I really fancy going back to Florida, and LA was a long way. My mum and dad took <laughs> us to um, took us to Florida when I was twelve, uh, and took us to MGM Studios. Queued on the Tower of Terror, cried my eyes out all the way around. Did not want right. to go on it. I was too scared. Too scary. Honestly, I, I was a wuss bag when I was twelve. I can see it though. I can <laughs> see it. Twelve's maybe a bit old. It's like Kevin Owens playing with his wrestling figures. But, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I can see it. I can see it. It's a scary boy. Yeah. Um, but it's a good ride though. And I've since been on it several times since. And then when I got older, when we, when we went back and we were a bit older, uh, I insisted that my mum come on the mummy, mummy ride with me. Yeah. And she got upset on the way around because I'm too scared. So, ah, do you like it? Come the on. Mummy rides class. It's great. Yeah, it's one of my favourites. I was sad when Confrontation closed. Never did Universal. that. You ever did Confrontation? No, when I went, I had, uh, we had Islands of Adventure. I think I did Jaws. I did uh, Mummy Returns. I did, oh, fuck. I did uh, Men in Black, Terminator, when that was still a thing. Um, it was 2007, so Back to the Future had fallen through the floor and killed somebody, I think, or nearly killed somebody, so that ride was done. Really? Uh, yeah. Is that it, why it shut down? Like, you know how it was like a huge DeLorean? Yeah. I think the whole thing just went... <laughs> through like a floor oh my god or at least that's what i remember reading something happened either way but i think that it somebody got injured or something or may, maybe nobody got injured but it was like yeah it's going Jeez. and so that's being replaced by something else but when we went it's to simpsons ride now yeah when we went to when that, that was what they were building mm. when i was there there was no wisdom world nothing we did wisdom world uh uh hollywood that was pretty good um but Hollywood was weird because it's kind of smaller but over multiple levels. Mm. So you kind of start in one area, you get a big outdoor escalator down, and then there's like another area and another area and all the studios and everything. Is that the, so the Harry Potter bit? Harry Potter yeah. bit was cool. Um, what else did I do there? The one in Florida is great because you can't Simpsons. find it initially. And then you realize, I have to literally go down Diagon Alley. Yeah. And you go down Diagon Alley and this whole other part of the park opens up. And yeah. it's all like Hogwarts and Hogsmeade. And, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I think uh, uh, LA was just sort of Hogsmeade and Hogs, uh, Hogwarts. Um, what else did we do there? Oh, the fucking Jurassic World ride was banging. We, it was the only one we had to actually queue for. Um, because it was like a weekday that we went, so it was like pretty good. But that was the only one where we had to queue for like twenty minutes. Is that the log flume? You yeah, it's like giant log flume. Mm. T Rex pops out just before the drop. It's like, oh shit, they're gonna have a fight. You're not gonna see any of it. Yay! <laughs> Thank God, <laughs> we're all heroes. Uh, we are at MGM anyway. We're not going to go to the theme parks this week, but we are going to watch the wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Tony Schiavone and Larry <laughs> Larry Zavisco. Uh, our ringside reeling from the most disheartening event in the history of our sport. 
We'll show you pictures from the pay-per-view in the second hour, tells Tony. Larry Zabisco describes it as an act of complete unmanliness. You unmanly man, Hulk. Unmanly bastard. What are you doing? And there Hulk is. Uh, the crowd are up for it. There's a lot of younger fans on the top row. Uh, yeah. And then the old, and there's a bunch of older fans down the very front row. So a lot of dives to the outside tonight. Make sure you spread <laughs> yeah. and kick violently and swing your arms with every exit from the ring. It's older couples and then one very prominent guy in a neck brace on the front, very front row of Nitro. Just get all the talent out there with really long legs, <laughs> practicing spin kicks, just right across that front you, row. You know what you're doing when you're out yeah. here. In the opening bit, there's a guy who walks into shot, realizes he's on camera, and then immediately walks back off. I assume he was having an affair. No, he's in witness protection. Ah, even better. Yeah, he's part <laughs> of like, I don't know, like the Gambino mob or something. <laughs> we get a recap of the cruiserweight division action from last night at Bash at the Beach. Rey Mysterio and Psychosis putting on a blinder and Di Malenko beating Disco Inferno. Because of this, we open the show with Rey Mysterio Jr. challenging Dean Malenko for the Cruiserweight title. I'm sorry. Rey what? Rey Mysterio Jr. It's Rey the Hitman Heart to you, actually. <laughs> okay. You're not seeing his gear. <laughs> I did see his gear. He has. He is the pink and black attack. Yeah, pink and, the real pink and black attack. Rey the Hitman Heart, uh, who was... <laughs> Imagine Stu Hart trying to stretch Ray. He's just flipping constantly out of his grip. He'd just need to get him with both arms over a knee, and that'd be it. Just oh, <laughs> snap him like. Now I'm going to show you all how to fold shirts. Just oh god, fucking all his limbs in. He'd be like cracker bread. It's just like yeah, that's cool. He's <laughs> taking <laughs> Stu, mate, chill. It's not real. It um, was to him. That's the thing. He's still in the mid, isn't he? Because uh, it fucking like, was man. then, though. It was. It was was to him. <laughs> Go fight in a field for six hours and then he wins. No. No, they don't <laughs> want to accept that as a result. Guess we'll keep fighting. They've pulled up their cars. It was supposed to end in a draw when the sun went down, but no. They've all got lights now, haven't they? And batteries. Here we go. <laughs> just just use a chair. <laughs> Shoot, just... just. He had a... What, they had a... I, don't, I think they had a bear for a while. They had a... Uh, it lived under the house, right? They had, really? like a, they had a working bear, yeah. <laughs> a bear that lived under that? Like a, a wrestle bear, I'm sure. Pretty sure I used to go to that website for news. <laughs> uh, so, Ray the Hitman Hart. Yeah. And Dean Malenko for the Cruiserweight title. Ray outmaneuvers Dean very early on. He dodges a lawn dart and a sunset flip counter. Like, he can't... Dean can't quite get his hands on Ray. Yeah, because Ray's like like a greased pig. He's just all over the shop. <laughs> greased yeah, greased pig. <laughs> he bloody is. Even We even get an embryonic 619. Yeah, I know. No, it, was, it was crap, wasn't it? He didn't even hit him. Barely. Didn't even hit him. I know he was just using it as a transition to get back in the ring and look fancy, but I'm going to pretend it was a 619. <laughs> and Ray the Hitman Hart should just keep to Matt Basin. Keep to the second rope. Keep to what Just made him a star in the first place. <laughs> Don't go any higher than the second rope. Uh, Dean, <laughs> Dean and wears... when you do, make sure you jump off and really plant yourself. <laughs> really land and then just stretch the room again. Uh, Dean wears Ray down during the break. He lands a gorgeous tiger bomb for a near fall when we return. But Ray gets a lightning quick roll up for a near fall from that as well. Is this around the time that Larry calls him uh, mysterious? Yes, it yeah. is. <laughs> Larry Love has that. an interesting night. <laughs> uh, Tony, Tony. Oh, la la. <laughs> my favorite next, the Dipsy. Uh, Tony apologizes for his comments last night at Bash the Beach. At one point, I think, referring to when he went, Hulk Hogan, you can go straight to hell. 
Yeah, you can go to you can go to hell, oh, Hulk Hogan. Go to hell. Uh, or maybe not hell. That's that's eternal damnation. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe so, maybe temporary. Maybe damnation. you can you can you can go to hole. Hole would be worse. Oh my God, worse. <laughs> and you're not allowed to go to the deep. Sending the so poor. You're just supposed to go to hole. Town center. Sending the poor man to hole. Yeah. Then I've been to hole and back. <laughs> Uh, Ray finally gets back into this one with a Hurricane Rana to the outside and a huge springboard moonsault. However, Dean doesn't quite catch him on the moonsault and Ray lands sort of half on the mat and half on the cement. He connected, you know, it was just he connected with the floor, but he connected. <laughs> he connected with something. Jeez, I <laughs> think... love the heart of these young wrestlers. Christ, you really do. It was fucking scary. So he, he goes, you just watch both of his knees just go bonk onto the concrete. He's right back up. Oh, like, yeah. You give him like a few seconds, he's like quickly back to his feet, gets Malenko back in the ring, straight up the fucking ring post like a cat. But it's a bit like, whoa, Ray, calm it down. He pops back up and goes, wow, I feel great. I could do this for 30 years. And you got commentary just being like, is that asphalt or is it concrete? It is concrete. Like it's going to make a world of difference. <laughs> one side's one side's the one side's the lake. The other side's a car park. What's this the is see this is all stone, whereas that's got loads of little bits of stones in it. <laughs> Either way, it sounded fucking horrible. Even the guy in the neck brace winced. Uh, Ray goes for uh, Ray shakes it off though, landing a top rope Frankenstein for a near fall. Uh, Ray goes for one more big move, but Dean cuts him off and hits his trademark. Avalanche gut buster. Yeah. It's a cracker of a move. And he's got the match one. He has got the match one. It should be three. One, two. Dean pulls him up. Pulls the pin. That's a bit oh, foolish there, Dean. Proper heel like would, uh, would 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 Malenko Senior be uh, happy with that behavior? I don't know. He's too busy, uh, I don't know, working away from home, according to Chris Jericho. Well. <laughs> Which is to come. Uh, Dean pulled him up, gave him more punishment. Dean goes for a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. However, Ray turns it into a Frankensteiner pin and gets a three. And Ray Mysterio Jr. is the new WCW Cruiserweight champion. Which is class, but Malenko is a complete moron. Yes. He let his emotions moron. get the, the better of him here. He wanted a dominant display. Uh, I like that he was the first one out there, straight to the outside, dropping Ray with a, a, a fucking suplex right in front of the biddies. Thought that was great. Um, but, yeah, just arrogance, I guess, in the moment cost him. Because you can't... His own and it just it, it adds further to the fact you can't ever count Ray out. Like, he always knows a way to do something, which is quite cool. Uh, and I like the fact that we had that big splash to the outside, which is probably, sorry, the moonsault to the outside where he landed on the floor because it's probably the origin of the my knee stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when you'd see all of those old, like, don't try this at home videos. But, like... Uh, yeah, it was it was a good storyline match as well as a good in-ring match. Maybe not the best those two can do in-ring, but very impressive. Really impressive. And the yeah. right way to start Nitro. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Hot start. Crowd really up for it. Uh, we go to the bowels of the arena where the Nasty Boys and the Steiner Brothers are with Mean Gene Oakland. I think this is a set, you know... <laughs> Just a little bit, <laughs> just maybe a little bit. I think I've never really, I've never really paid attention to it before. Yeah. Until this week, when we're in such a lovely, bright setting, and it's the same fucking catacombs as every fucking. With week. like the shadows painted on. Yeah. <laughs> like now, one of these two teams will face Harlem Heat at Hog Wild. 
for the WCW Tag Team titles. Enjoy it while it lasts, because it's going to be road wild before long. Yeah, we'll touch on that in a little bit. Uh, Scott respects the Nasties' wrestling ability. (laughs) Fucking liar. Uh, Sag says the Nasties don't care about the Steiner's problems with Harlem Heat. They only care about beating Rickard Scott and getting a title shot. I'm amazed you could get anything out of that, because I just lost it at Steiner. It was like an all-time Steiner promo. Cord knobs are fat, so then I started laughing (laughs) after he started talking about going camping. Um, And then Sags just opened his mouth and slippery, violent diarrhea followed. But like the, the first part was... Just perfect Steiner origin. You can just, you can really feel Big Popper Pump starting to materialize somewhere within there. But then he was kind of like, he was like, you shut up fast, but I respect you. Like, <laughs> like it's an internal struggle. Well, they've got it. They've kind of got the whole thing going on. There's a whole thread tonight, isn't there? And there will be for a couple more weeks. And, and we've had it in the build up where it's sort of like, you know, just because we don't get along doesn't mean we don't care about WCW. So maybe teams aren't going to be quite as disrespectful to one another mm. um, in this this horrifying, you know, fallout of the worst thing that's ever happened in wrestling history. Fuck you, Hulk Hogan. Uh, Sags says at one point, this ain't an interview, if that ain't an interview out there, it's Nastyville. And Scott starts to answer, and then Rick just suddenly pipes up, I don't think it's Nastyville, Conan Dog Pound! And then he walks. My nose is to the ground, I smell heat! Nasty boys, give me my weights, go for personal! I just love how he suddenly woke up. It's not not nasty, Phil. It's a dog pound. Was it because Scott stopped stroking him? Because Scott was stroking him like a dog, (laughs) which was quite odd. (laughs) But, you know. It's like sometimes when when you're stroking Cooper and you stop, he's like, fuck. Yeah, come back. And he he just goes ape shit. And that's why Rick just couldn't control himself anymore. We then get an advert that's like, Glacier's coming soon, we promise. He's got a hand thing. Oh, it looks like it's a screen on (laughs) his glove. See, that was new, wasn't it? I thought that was new. Yeah, they're adding in little bits more of of Glacier, it seems, each time we come back to it. But fuck me, this has been hyped to the moon now. I like the fact that this has been like three, four months of just constantly pushing it. It's been a lot. But they've all said coming July. And now it's July. They've just gone coming, coming soon. soon. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like we it was coming soon, coming soon, coming soon, coming July, coming July, coming soon. That's just <laughs> coming soon. He maybe hasn't gone down quite as well at the toy fair as we thought. Give him a screen. Put the screen in his fucking hand now. I'm expecting him to walk out and go, and now I will turn from Glacier back to Emma. <laughs> I want to turn to water. That should have been the thing. You should have had like people out there with fire and him running away going, no! <laughs> it's melt him dead yeah. quick. And that's you can hook though. like a hose up to him somehow in his gear and it just starts spilling liquid everywhere. <laughs> yeah. What if, he, what if he debuts and just gets the shit kicked out of him? <laughs> it's Glacier! <laughs> Doing his kung fu all the way down the ramp like Steve Blackman. And then just fucking roundhouse. <laughs> just, he just goes down like a sack of shit. <laughs> Phenomenal. Just out cold. Not even a pin. Referee's just like hand flops. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Garbage. Right. Rubber chicken. Do you remember uh, in NXT a few years ago? Yeah. They had a video, they had a promo package for that one wrestler. I can't remember his name. The best way to describe him is he looked like Simon Miller, right? And he was jacked. He was bold. Right. And like, this guy debuts next. Like, video package. Doug Basham. I know just the guy. <laughs> it was him, <laughs> Doug Basham. <laughs> He walks to the ring, like m- music. Oh, we well, can't wait to see what this guy does. He gets in the ring, stands there. Samoa Joe comes in, chokes him the <laughs> fuck out, and we never see him again. Bye-bye like, now. Mwah, I love that shit. It's, I would uh, do that. 
I think it would have been fucking hilarious, but I can't imagine the level of money they've put into Glacier at this point. That's even funnier. Like, oh, could you? I mean, it's We're not like it's not like it doesn't wall. end that way very quickly, but it's it's like <laughs> fucking hell. I just, just have him choked out and then done. The fact that like you know he didn't have a finishing move that was him freezing his opponent. That would be some real PWG shit. Really challenge the South and <laughs> their wrestling tastes. They just set themselves up for failure because they know they can't give him a freezing finisher. Yeah. So they, they know they're going to let us down. They could at least give him an ice cube shooter. That'd be great. You know, like, they, 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 they don't have Johnny B. Bad anymore. <laughs> you could be, you know, out there with frisbees made of ice, just nailing people in the face. Just take just walk, out with, a, doo, walk out doo, with a tray doo, of ice doo, cubes doo. and just pop them. And you've you got fans trying to catch them in their beers and then like, why well, have I got ice in my beer? <laughs> Watery now. For fuck's sake. I could fish fuck it out, but I've not cleaned my hands in a while. <laughs> I want to... Is the hand worse than the rest, ice? I'm a resting fan. I've had my hand up my arse Is it just hours. water? What's he done to this water? <laughs> It looks a bit cloudy. <laughs> I can't wait for Glacier. He's got a hose out back. He's <laughs> pulling it from some shit tap on the side of the building. <laughs> it's like a crappy garden he hose. He can't freeze it himself, though. He has like a whole fucking freezer shipped to the, uh, the venue every week. Puts his tray right in the bottom of it. He gets 12 goes of it. <laughs> they only bought him the one tray. Full chest freezer, one tray. <laughs> He has to carry it himself. That's the rules. <laughs> One of the ribs that the outsiders play on them at some point, they just fill the freezer with water and close the lid. Freezer's <laughs> solid. <laughs> Fuck you, man. They put his gear in the bottom, frozen, like the bag. <laughs> and then when he finally goes through all that to get it out, it's just a shit in the bag as well. <laughs> so we're bringing in Glacier just to bully him. <laughs> Bastard. It's like saving my gimmick. I was just told to do this. Ah, you fucking hey, right, ice dickhead. Hey. Ice wanker. Karate fighter. Who are you going to do? Freeze me. Fucking yeah. dick. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, I'm scared. You're going to make it snow inside. Oh, God. You make me <laughs> bored inside. The thing is, I love how much, like, Glacier <laughs> just had all of the cheese. It was like the cheesiest, mm. most perfect 90s gimmick. It's probably the gimmick that encapsulates. 90s marketing and consumerism just oh, blah, perfectly. And it's got such stick and power that he, he came back. Yeah. You know? And he came back to quite a good response from people who find, like... Because the thing is, like, wrestling was moving away from all the hokey, even if you tried to make it edgy. And I think we've we found joy in the hokiness once again. You know, we've oh, got Luchasaurus, yeah, absolutely. man. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the silliness is, is, is a special part of it. Um, speaking of silly... Big Bubba and Hugh Morris, the Dungeon of Doom, they're here. And they are bringing the fight to Stephen Regal and Dave Taylor, the Blue Bloods, in a heel versus heel tag team match. Which is what you want to see. Bubba is wearing a motorbike helmet as he makes his entrance, mm -hmm. like a classic kind of non-frill front or just like a an acorn-style one. Uh, because he's obviously, he's taken a bit of a, a shock to the head the night before. Yes. Yeah. That's that's what that's from, isn't it? He's he's recovering. Yes. He's in recovery after uh, the match he had against John Tenter, which we see clips of once again to remind us that Bubba and Tenter had no chance of climbing that fucking pole. No, no. Jimmy had to shimmy. Um, Jimmy shimmy hard. As we and then it all him. backfired, and Bubba got nailed with the the sock full of dollars. <laughs> Uh, the soccer dollars classic. <laughs> the soccer dollar classic. There should be a soccer dollar tournament now. So every year we do a soccer dollar tournament. Yeah, but it's shoot. Just brawl for all, but with a sock. Everybody gets one. There's no pole. 
You just get a sock with dollars in it, and it's a shoot. Who would win a soccer dollar tournament in the in Cultaholics offices? I think it would be Dan Heppel. Oh, I think Heppel. Yeah, I think Dan, Dan Heppel sure. would win a soccer yeah. dollar tournament. I just I, have I wouldn't count Ross out though. I think Ross like short burst speed with those dollars that'd be dangerous. But I think like Dan would be like zero to a hundred from go. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that's it. For it. I think there'd be a moment of hesitation from all of us. Like, don't know if I really want to do this tournament. <laughs> Not Dan. As Dan's just smiling yeah. gleefully, <laughs> yeah. just swinging around the dollars, just covered in blood, holds yeah. the trophy aloft, <laughs> and soccer dollars on the other. Everybody else is just on the floor, <laughs> but at what cost? <laughs> Teeth everywhere. <laughs> Uh, so we have a USA chant because the Blue Bloods are not from the USA, so therefore they're the de facto bad guys. Yeah, which, you know, you, you sort of need in any heel versus heel contest. You do. Um, we, as we get underway, did you hear Larry Zabisco? Uh No. Robert Eaton has an issue with Jeeves, apparently. Right. Because Robert Eaton doesn't know how to treat his butler. Butlers, they do all the dirty work. We have the same situation here. We just call them wives. Oh, Larry. Oh, la, la. What a silly boy. What are you doing, Larry? He then went on to say what, that... What are you doing, Larry? I, I don't know which comment was worse. I'm nowhere near drunk enough for this, Larry. <laughs> Please. I toyed with getting drunk on podcast for my birthday, but um, I've still got work oh. to do later, Larry. And now I've got to sit here and think about that line <laughs> while I soberly complete my work, Larry. Well, well here's one that might uh, stabilize you. He also said that... Uh, Larry also said that... Bubba Rogers moves like Rey Mysterio Jr. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, in slow motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, and yeah, I like yeah. Bubba. I like Ray Trailer. Some would say that Ray Trailer pioneered the 619. <laughs> Called it the 916. Exactly. <laughs> Ray just got in there, changed the letters around. I know there's no letters in it. Changed the letters around. And 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 that was it. You know, oh, it's Ray's move. You Ray Trailer. <laughs> ah, <laughs> Ray Hitman Heart, Ray Mysterio trailer. Yeah. Oh, the, the conspiracy plot thickens. Some say in some matches, Bubba Rogers has played Ray Mysterio. We've never noticed. Way back in the day, you had El Grande Bossman. <laughs> <laughs> back in the EMLL days, El Grande Bossman. <laughs> Everyone's favourite they can't, cop. They can't like lean on it too much because they're tied into AAA right now. So they've got to kind of just pretend that he didn't pioneer all this amazing <laughs> stuff. And he's actually a big bumbling idiot. <laughs> he's from the other side. Ooh. So sometimes he'll just forget himself in the ring. He'll accidentally just bust out of Frankenstein. I wonder how much like I I, I I would love if there was just somebody who knows nothing about wrestling. He's just like, I'm just going to watch like along, try and get into this. And I wonder how much sticks as fact when we just go off on <laughs> fucking tangents. I do feel that we may become part of the problem in years to come when this becomes the only lasting memory of wrestling. Yeah. Once wrestling is just real steel. I can't. I don't want AI to take over, Tom. I oh, will be there. It's happening, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, but it's. I mean, it's fine because I don't remember that scene from Terminator where where Arnie stopped just to see what uh, the Mona Lisa looked like on the sides. <laughs> Yeah. So, like, that didn't happen. So we're, we're away from that for now. Yeah. We're not, we're not quite near that pioneering. We just need to come up with some sort of complex paradox that nothing can solve and then just shout it loudly twice a day. Feel love. And then there'll just there be like go. a bird just drops out the sky next to you and starts sparking. You're, <laughs> like, ah, you're not spying on me now, you fuckers. Because <laughs> all the birds are robots and cameras. Yeah, well, I mean, they will be if AI takes over Skynet, man. It's going to just make its own thing and, and go on, and then eventually it's going to send a Terminator back in time to kill John Connor. 
Well, Sarah first, but John eventually, because John's the one they really need to kill. They need to kill John, so they yeah. need to kill Sarah to get to John. Yeah, or just John. You know, if you go back for just kill him. Just get rid of him. Talking of rides and stuff, <laughs> Universal, the yeah. Terminator ride was always a joy. Oh, the I love... 4D one where you're like, welcome yeah. to Skynet. They're we're going to show you what we're working you on. you got like the, the T-100 right. shit, and they're all clunky, like firing <laughs> over your head with blanks. And then the whole floor drops out at one point. Remember that? He kind of goes, whoa, whoa. That was really cool. And then the man who looks like a slightly fatter version of Arnie turns up on stage and then bursts into the, the screen where he becomes The Arnie. one thing is that I could spend, or I don't even know if it's still there anymore. It's probably gone. I could have spent all of my time in the queue and area for and the staging area for Terminator. Because like, it's still there. It looks like it looks like any eighties action movie set in like an office. It looks yeah. like something out of Robocop. It looks like something out of Terminator. It looks like something like that just well obviously it looks like something out of Terminator, but you know what I mean? It it just looks like very time and a place, kind of die hard esque. You're walking around, there's all these screens with just logos spinning, fat back CRT monitors and oh. shit. And there's like nine of them in a row to make a single image, big screen. <laughs> That's just it's all just that kind of like that Pelham blue color. Just oh man, chrome, oh. unnecessary chrome and Art Deco patterned floor. It's the immersion. Yes. It's the the immersion. Yeah, that just I love. Like it was one of my because of that. It was one of my me and my brother's favorite rides because mm. of the design and the feel. But also, we'd always walk in and whenever we went on that ride, we'd always go, "Well, I'm looking forward to this uh, Skynet conference today. It'd be interesting to see what they've got." <laughs> and we just play it all the way through. Do you think that advert looked a bit menacing? Nah, they're they're just looking out for us in the future. Can't wait to see what they're doing. I... We stand up and applaud when they unveil the new robots. But... Like, yeah, fantastic. Sit fantastic. down. Sit down. <laughs> uh, there was. Oh, I'm trying to think. The the best part of that ride was always when real Arnie and real John Connor pop up. Because obviously you're watching them on a screen. It's one of the first big 4D rides. So you're seeing the actual actors. You're seeing, you know, fucking what do you call him and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, oh, man. What's his name again? John God Connor. damn, John Connor's name. Uh, but Con Connor. Is it Ellie something? Uh, who plays John Connor Terminator 2? But basically, there'd be a point where they come off the screen and it's like, we need to escape now. We beat the T1 million. Um, and then, like, a really bad Arnie lookalike and a really yes! bad. And a really bad. Uh, John Connor. John Connor. Yeah, that, that's, 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 his, that's his. This is doing my head in. Edward Furlong. Fuck me. And a really bad Edward Furlong impersonator would kind of jump out and they'd hop on a motorbike and drive off the side of the stage. We decided <laughs> we decided that it was, so it was something, something that happened with traveling back in time that gave you water retention. Yeah. Which is why he was just a bit fatter than Arnie. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's with all that bloody excess oh, oil. That's what it is. What it is. To sort out those transporters, he's, I'm telling you. He's leaking. It's terrible. Uh, but yeah, They've so, got it so he can pop in with clothes now, but it's just wet. Everything's wet. Would it, is it better to be dry and naked or wet and clothed? One of life's bigger mysteries. Really... Skynet are just stumped. <laughs> well, the AI, that's like, we need to build an AI that's going to work out. Is it better to be dry or wet? So that's how we stump them? Yeah. Is it dry it. or wet? I thought just saying, you know, feel love. Like no. Getting like, them to feel well, an emotion. You, it can explain emotions. Dad. It doesn't understand them, but it can explain stuff. So it right. knows enough to lie. Right. That's the thing. That's where we're getting to now. Is we're getting to an interesting period where things know enough to lie. Oh shit. Yeah. We're we're dead. <laughs> Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. 
Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Anyway, the Blue Bloods versus Bob Big Bubba and Hugh Morris. Um, Morris flattens Dave Taylor and then mocks Regal doing his little pose before tagging to Big Bubba. Uh, from here, we see Bubba catch Regal with a boss man slam. Um, Yay! Oh, oh no, that, it it's, sorry. I thought something else was about to happen there. No. But it was the wrong match. It's the wrong match. Boss man slam. Yes. Boss man slam. Suddenly, as boss man, as Bubba takes a break outside the ring, John Tenter rocks up, having secured a clean win at the pay-per-view. As decided, He's going to keep it going. Fuck it. Done. <laughs> I'm, I'm not done with this storyline that's completely demoralized me. Absolutely, I'm going to After do I've, I've got a clean victory, and that's that's me done, even though it wasn't clean. I still beat him, but he cheated and fucked around with me, so fuck him. It's clean in my book. That's how I'd look at it. We keep on. Yeah. Let's uh, no, let's, let's let's go back to the well. And go on. There's another, there's another two or three in this. <laughs> and they go back to the back. I've still got a quarter of my face and hair that can go. <laughs> I've, got this, I've got this patch <laughs> on my arm. You can have that if you want. Tenta and Bubba fight to the back, leaving Hugh Morris prone for a double back suplex from the Blue Bloods for the win. Uh, they've started playing the Blue Bloods music. Like, dun, da, 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 dun, 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 And the crowd are chanting USA in time with yeah. it, which I thought was lovely. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Good stuff. It's a very American sounding marching song. Yes. Isn't it? It's like a fight song. Yeah. It should be something a bit more. Sounds like something the Steiners would come out to. Yeah. Yeah. It just it should be a bit more violin based and a bit more pompous. Yeah. Than what it currently is. Uh, we get a WWE magazine commercial. Uh, where do they get this stuff? <laughs> Meeting Gene Oakland. <laughs> then a new WCW Saturday Night commercial that sees some very 90s CGI building a robot. Which is what you want. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was hoping it would, it, was, it would be like, they showed they show like the hologram of the arm being built and like yeah. the strength of the man. And I was hoping it would just go, Mongo. <laughs> I was hoping it would just show Mongo. It was like, this is the robot we built for wrestling. <laughs> It didn't, sadly. Uh, but it did tell us that we're getting a Dungeon of Doom eight-man tag, a Horseman six-man tag, and Harlem Heat versus Public Enemy on Saturday night this week. Loaded card. 
Back to the ring, uh, and also the night has started to, to fall now. Yeah, at Disney, and it looks lovely. It looks a lot better great. in the dark. Yeah, yeah. I just and it's amazing how quick the sun's gone down. It was just weird to see the uh, like the WCW diamond plate steel logos and stuff shimmering in brightness. It's just, nah, nah. Dingy, smoky arena, please. Needs to be dark and miserable. Just, just get a, just give everybody cigarettes. Get the lights going. <laughs> Uh, Psychosis versus Eddie Guerrero is underway as we come back. We get a picture-in-picture of new Cruiserweight champion Rey Mysterio looking like the saddest child you've ever seen. He even says, uh, and they they, they miss the start of the interview, or they don't explain what he's there to talk about. Because, like, I thought, oh, he's just won the title. There's a Cruiserweight match. Maybe something to do that, and he just looks sad. I'm like, okay, maybe it's something different. Maybe he has to vacate the title. Oh, no. No, no. And he just says, there was much confusion in our minds. There were children crying at the reveal of who the third man was. Oh, okay, you're talking about Hulk Hogan. Fine. Uh, And Ray just looks like a sad child um, because Hulk Hogan turned on WCW. I don't think this is a good look for the dude. My rabbit, Keith, was watching Hulk. (laughs) My rabbit, Keith, was sat at home watching. And you walked out there to save Macho Man and you dropped the leg on him instead. My rabbit was up all night crying. I hope you know that. He asked me to burn all of his Hulk Hogan rabbit bandanas, rabbit figurines, and, and, and Ico Pro. Um, Wouldn't burn the Ico Pro. But you just, I just needed you to know that, right? You're a piece of shit. Like, what the f- like I, how the fuck am I going to go home to him tonight and tell him I haven't attacked you and beat you up? Because he knows I work with you. Yeah, Weird. I'm just going to, oh, no, I can't do that, son, because, you know, he'll, he'll have me fired. You fucking prick. <laughs> Done me right up proper here, aren't you? If you weren't sure what he said in Spanish, <laughs> it was that. That was the translation of what he said in Spanish. Shockingly. They have had thousands of telegrams to WCW about Hogan. Oh, yeah. I love that. I like stuff that just shows the tech I like the, the idea of just a bloke turning up at the door every three minutes. <laughs> telegram. Another Telegram. <laughs> Oh, this was a this was a singing telegram. It's a oh, it's a barbershop quartet singing telegram. <laughs> Hogan, 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 Hogan is a piece of shit. <laughs> Thank you. That's another one. <laughs> it's a gorilla gram. Some bloke turns up in a monkey outfit. All right, Hogan's a cunt. It's it's genuinely how it feels. Though. Like it, it's like Ray may as well have been sitting there saying like my sister was the biggest Hulk Hogan fan in the world. You know, my sister's only like a kid. And she's like obsessed with wrestling. She loves Hulk Hogan. You've spread such a positive message over the years. Um, and even when it's done in a way where it, it's very direct like that, and you just kind of go, my my sibling mm. loves Hulk Hogan and you've destroyed it. It comes across as kind of eh. And it's I get why they've got to do it because the whole thing is like, how could Hulk have done this? This is a very shocking thing. Uh, but it does make everybody look a bit kind of when they should be going all right then fucker you want to come against us let's go against you you're not like hot shit you didn't invent wrestling like bobby even says that a couple of times through the night he's like it was around before you it'll be around after you like you're not king shit basically so it's i i think there was maybe a better way to frame it but part of it's probably just quickly we need this quickly we need that quick aside hmm because you said there about when Ray was talking and, and, and the example of like, oh, my sister loved you. She loved yeah. me. I was going to make a funny old joke and go, yeah, yeah, my sister, she loved wrestling and my, my family loved wrestling. And now my daughter, she loved you, Hogan. She'll have to wait until Buddy Matthews comes along now. <laughs> and then my brain went, holy shit, Buddy Matthews went out with Ray's daughter. Yeah. 
And he's yeah, dating yeah, Rhea Ripley. So. Yeah, and now Rhea's Rhea Ripley's dating in wrestling. What is it with the Australians and the Mysterio what family? What is this tangled They just can't get weave. enough of that accent. This family tree looks like a fucking stump. They all grew up watching Crocodile Dundee <laughs> every day. <laughs> One day. Tell you One what day. I tell you what annoyed me about Crocodile Dundee. At it's no point in those insane. films does he ever look fucking weak. He's like, he's, he's Paul Hogan. Or go to Dundee. Paul Hogan. Hulk Hogan more like, am I right, kids? Yeah. He never looks weak. No, that's true. There was never a moment of he's always He's always one step ahead of the yeah. curve, isn't he? And I said that. We watched it on the weekend. I was like, in, in Crocodile and D2, I think he the, never looks weak. The booking of Steve Irwin was a hell of a lot better in his prime. Far better. Steve Irwin was a much more exciting, dynamic mm. performer. Uh, I feel that Paul Hogan... And they wrote really, him off before he stayed, think, outside his welcome. Paul Hogan really phoned it in. He was a couple of catchphrases, <laughs> you know, a leg drop. <laughs> I love that bit, Crocodile Dundee, where he, where he Steve Irwin was in there like working fucking, you know, shoot style with crocodiles and shit, man. <laughs> and he's got multi generational talent following him. He bloody has. Yeah, he bloody has. More than Paul Hogan. <laughs> Meanwhile, Eddie Eddie Guerrero and Psychosis are having a blinder. Oh fuck yeah! Like this is. Uh, I mean, the opener was fantastic. This is uh, just another little, oh, you won't see this on the other channels. Yeah. Eddie lands a spinning arm drive that sends psychosis out of the ring. Great back and forth here with Tony and Larry, because Tony says, here in Florida, the humidity factor in the summer is very, very high. Therefore, you've got to prepare, Larry. You've got to prepare a little different than you would inside. To which Larry Zabisco goes, no, nah, not really. <laughs> it's... <laughs> After a little bit more back and forth, my favorite line of the entire episode is uttered, which is uh, they're talking about the temperature once again and the humidity. Uh, and Larry Zabisco, 1996, says, when human bodies get sweaty, they sweat. <laughs> <laughs> which again, I mean, you can't blame him. I'd be fucking shit in that job. Like, I'd be terrible in that job. And sometimes you just got to say stuff on the fly or like you're so focused on a point. Like the idea of it's like you, you I, you're probably trying to say you know when human bodies get sweaty they get wet and they get hard to like difficult to kind of maneuver, but like it was just like when human bodies get sweaty they sweat and it was just the the landing of it was so like perfect I was like oh it's fucking golden what he very quickly cleans it up but it was just like brilliant psychosis I lands a land. gorgeous sweaty <laughs> twisting moonsault. The thud when Psychosis hits the ground with Eddie is grim. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. From here, they go, let's chill a bit. They slow it down with arm holds and arm bars, and it's Psychosis trying to break Eddie's arm, essentially. Mm. Eddie then turns a power bomb into a hurricane run. Well, it's not not an arm bar, I'll have you know. It's a code red. It's a modified code red. Oh, right. Apologies. Right. Right. Apologies. Right. (laughs) Because it can't be the code red because that goes across the chest. Right. That's the code. I believe Robert, Robert Logier told me that right. it was an armbar. <laughs> I believe he told me so. Was that while he was driving around in his Mercedes? <laughs> <laughs> On his way to Los Angeles. <laughs> to, to, fil- to film a movie in Hollywood. Um, California. <laughs> California. <laughs> <laughs> scary fucking moment at one point Eddie and Psychosis are on the top rope and, Sy- and Eddie goes to do an avalanche sunset flip he nearly pushes Psychosis nearly falls on the fucking floor Yeah, and Eddie manages to catch like, him and steady him, him but that yeah. could have been horrible real bad but they're, they're going hell for leather it's like by the by the time we get to the end of this match you're kind of expected outcomes there but like the it's like Eddie is just further established and Psychosis is a made man on TV now for like mm. the Nitro audience. Not that, you know, Psychosis wasn't before, but for that fresh audience, like just coming in first Nitro appearance, that's 
one hell of a way to start. That's a, that's a hell of an introduction. Yeah. Superplex from Eddie Guerrero. Uh, he have to be quickly recouped from the sunset flip and lands he lands a frog splash against the one, two, three. Eddie and, wins psychosis. And and oh, we're just we're just hearing that um that the Colonel and Sh- and Sherry are back together apparently. Oh, I heard this. They just randomly say that in the middle of the match and then just move on. And it does baffle. The mind bogles. Like yeah. where Sherry, like Sherry was, wasn't Sherry let go from the company? Yeah, but then we've seen people like Nasty's got let go and came back two weeks later after saving the Taiwan straight. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. So we, yeah, so that's dropped in during comms. I forgot to make a note of that. Uh, we will touch on that again in a bit. Um, mean Gene is on the rampway in his lovely suit and he's chatting with the Dungeon of Doom, Kevin be Sullivan, watching, Terry. Jimmy Hart, and the Giant. Better be watching. Mm-hmm. Little Jimmy, little Jimmy was this tall when he first met Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and he remembers what you mean to people. Not anymore, Hulk. I was interested you subhuman see, piece of shit, Hulk. I was interested to see what Kevin Sullivan was going to say here. Because I was like, haven't you for months been saying, like, oh, Hogan, get the dark side out. Unleash the dark side. And then he did. I, He's like, what are you doing, you fucker? It, like, he, um, he he kind of dresses it up with, like... He dresses it up yeah, really well. Really well. Like, very, in a very selfish manner, because Kevin Sullivan says, sometimes when, sometimes when you live for the destruction of something, like we did for Hulkamania, he, we lived for the destruction of Hulkamania, and he plucked it away. Yeah. He destroyed it himself. So basically, basically... I can't believe you turned bad without me. Yeah. Oh my God. I it should to have do been that. my actions that made you turn bad, not your manager dwindling popularity and lack of star power outside of wrestling. No. It should have been me. <laughs> <laughs> so I like how they twist it. All the karma and all the evil has come back upon me, and this new world order is coming. Jimmy's crying now. Yeah, cheers. You happy? It can also see me and Gene out of a job. And Gene's like, what? Oh, now I'm invested. What do you mean? Oh, I'm losing my job. Gene makes sure to point out that he has a job with Turner several times after this, that he can't be fired. I love that. I, like, uh, that I thought, <laughs> oh, so you're, oh, so your contract with Turner and not WCW. Interesting, says Kevin Nash. As Giant. <laughs> Giant is just unspeakably angry, even though you, you dethroned his dad at the height of, you know, the wrestling craze. But he's pretty chill. Yeah. Uh, compared to the other two. It's almost like a gentle baby face moment here for Giant. He's like, as long as I have this world championship, nothing can go wrong. It's also, I think the one of the only times we've heard Giant speak without it being like, he's just kind of, yeah, essentially says, look, you still got to get the belt off me and good luck with that. Like, as long as I've got the belt, WCW is safe. But it shows you that we're in this weird juxtaposition time because Giant says, I'm the one who took this from Hogan at Halloween Havoc. To which you hear booze. Like, no, Hogan's a bad guy. You're in Florida. It's true. Giant then calls out the horseman saying they won the battle but didn't win the war because tonight he doesn't have to wrestle. So this is because at the pay-per-view, the Dungeon of Doom beat the horseman. So therefore, Giant was meant to defend his title tonight against one of the horsemen. He doesn't have to now. I guess it's getting interesting as well here, just on the point of like breaking down the characters a little bit. Um, Maybe an unwarranted side effect or or a kind of a side effect that was present but didn't really factor because there was no way to prove how much of a deal it would be do you think that bringing in hall and nash and establishing that they are scott hall and kevin nash the people um is gonna lead to or is one of the factors in leading to more of there being a hey there's an in front of the camera version of each wrestler and a behind the camera version of each wrestler and then they blur those lines into the 90s cool heel 
type thing which I think they, so. they've got going with because uh, it, it feels just especially for giant not to be like as he usually is it just felt a bit like kind of okay we'll just just pull the curtain back a little bit just a little bit everyone's a bit broken a bit of broken kayfabe this week yeah. everyone's just like i can't believe hogan fucking sold wcw down the river in this way yeah like so so like there's a company-wide upset with mm. this but then you've still got face and heel alignments but everybody is united in the thought of Hogan's a piece of shit for what he did. Yeah, he shouldn't have done what he did. And, you know, this is where we all work. This is where we all, you know, entertain you. And it's your wrestling show, fans at home watching, people in attendance. And he's jeopardizing that. Actually, the more I think about it, there are two people who aren't completely against it, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, The Nasty Boys in action (laughs) I wonder why they wouldn't be against it. Uh, They're taking on the Steiner brothers. I can't comprehend a single reason why the Nasty Boys wouldn't be literally brown-nosing the (laughs) shit out of Hogan. God. First blood in this tag match goes to Scott, who drops Sags with a double underhook suplex. Beautifully done. Rick then hoof-snops out of the ring. Yeah. Fuck them. Nasty's turn the tide, and they put a beating on Rick Steiner until Rick lands on a huge release power slam these are the sort of power slams i see rampage brown doing yeah where he whips them off the ropes and sort of catches them in midair it's and just brutal rounds yeah them. great when rampage does them they're just fucking devastating. like explosive as fuck yeah he's so good um scotty suplexes the soul out of brian knobs as the nitro countdown begins Brian counters to Frankensteiner and hair Scott to the ground. Sags goes outside, steals a chair from a child, and uses it to wallop Rick. In full front of the front full view of the referee. Ref copy, folks. The referee's just like, ah. More than my job's worth. The countdown hits zero. Spooty fireworks go off to start hour two. It's not even. It's it's literally just. And some sparks above the entranceway. I think they fucked up a bit here. Oh, 100%. Yeah, because of because shortly after this, fireworks begin over MGM Studios. Yeah. Now, this means, I think this is at 10 o'clock, and this is normally when the theme parks do their big end of the day fireworks Tie celebration. And it's a, it's a beautiful moment if you've ever yeah. done one. Uh, it's lovely. We did the one at the Magic Kingdom in, in Disneyland Paris a few times. And it's always a bit emotional, the way it's all beautifully done. And I think they wanted it. So bang on 10, they had the fireworks. Yeah. And it looked like the fireworks were all for them. <laughs> but they timed it badly. And I think the Disney one started late. Yeah. And, and you kind of see a shot, a pickup shot of them as it fades down to the ring after an ad break, I think. Cause, yeah, because they, they zoom out towards the sky and nothing's happening. <laughs> yeah, pyro was shit. Pack it up. That's it. Done. That's, uh, but anyway, No the- point carrying on with our two. You saw it fizzled and spluttered. Yeah, it was sad, wasn't it? But Eric Bischoff and Bobby Heenan are now here for hour two. Thanks, Larry. You can go and be sexist and weird somewhere else for the night. (laughs) Off to the bar at MGM for you. Spooty fireworks aside, uh, the match continues. Scott cracks Brian with a beauty of a belly to belly. And then we see, as previously announced, Sherry and Colonel Rob Parker heading towards the ring. They're arguing kind of in the ramp. Not arguing, arguing, but they're discussing something. There's a heated discussion. Sherry distracts the referee. And then Parker goes to the other side, the hard cam side. And he looks like he's going for Scott who's leaning against the ropes. Yeah. Scott moves and he Um, accidentally whollops Jerry Sags instead. Now, they don't really make it clear, but I think it was meant for Scott and it ended up being for Jerry. So a slight blunder. Scott makes the cover, gets the three, and the Steiners win, and Parker and Sherry beat a retreat. 
Uh, and then we get the Gene Steve Boys interview. The Gene Steve Boys interview. So Mean Gene's in the ring chatting to Brian and Jerry as the fireworks are now properly going off. Properly, yeah. So like, it's just this weird thing of like this massive firework display for the Nasty Boys. Yeah, they deserve it. <laughs> Not one person said thank you after they got back from their little excursion. <laughs> uh, they're still going off as they talk. Uh, Sag says being hit in the head by Parker has made him realise that change is coming. And that they, too, should change. It'll be a cold day in hell before the nasty boys. Gene moves the microphone away. <laughs> and tries to talk to Brian Nobbs. And Nobbs says, don't take the mic away before he's finished. Gene stops, looks at Sags and goes, oh, he's finished. He's finished. Fuck off. <laughs> Awful work by Gene. Then so Sags has to pick it up. And then he says, look, we don't disagree with what Hulk Hogan did. And he likes how the New World Order do what they want when they want, the same way the Nasty Boys used to, to which Gene cuts them off, music plays, yeah. and they get away from that. I guess they, in storyline, they don't want any of this. They don't want anybody thinking about joining them up. So let's just play yeah, them just off, keyboard play them off. I think it works in that way that because that's what we're coming to, right? Yeah. Who's going to join them next? So having those little seeds of doubt being sown in there is amazing. Uh, but it does just smack of, well... well He's our friend, and he's made a decision. And we are going to stand by that decision, because wherever he goes, we go. <laughs> Brian Nobbs, who will be literally sitting with Hogan having dinner yeah. in 2023. <laughs> so, like, that is a friendship that has stuck through the, through the thick and the thin. Fireworks are still going off, because obviously it's the end of park festivities, and there's some funny bits to do with that as the night goes on. Uh, Bischoff is on commentary, as we say. By the time we come back, it's our US title match between Ric Flair, the new champion, and the challenger, Jim Powers. Bischoff apologizes for not being able to call the main event last night. He says he was at a committee meeting right up until the last minute. We know where he was. Mm, we yeah, certainly yeah. do. Heenan says, we thought you were buried. And Eric says, I feel like I was buried last night. Eric says he's been getting calls from parents whose kids have been up all night crying while destroying their official Hulk Hogan merchandise. Do you hear that, Hulk? Available now on sale, Hulk Hogan merchandise at wcwmagazine.yournewsagents. Uh, you're a piece of shit, Hulk. All night. Eric couldn't get fucking wink. <laughs> he had a good wink at the thought of it. <laughs> Money he was about to make. Bobby Heenan, who has been on on point as a commentator throughout this. I've been giving you my opinion on the guy for years. You've called me a fool and a joke. The mm -hmm. guy is no good. Like, yeah, it's true. He's not changing his colors. He's like, I've always said he's a dick. I like how harsh they're all being about him, though. Yeah. Yeah, it just feeds into it nicely. All like, fuck Hogan. Yeah. We get a recap of Flair beating Conan last night. Feels quite cathartic, actually. <laughs> I, I, I feel like for many... This is quite a nice release for yeah. them. Oh, Hogan's a cunt. They're all just unleashing their inner Raymond Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> and also, he drives a shit car and he smells. And also, there was once where he ate the last piece of quiche. Fucking cunt. Did you see Hogan having lunch with that 18-year-old runner? <laughs> Fuck him. Now, he was now, Tom. Now, now. <laughs> just saying. Someone caught it in the background of a TikTok. Um... So we get a recap of Flair beating Conan last week. So we get underway with Jim Powers uh, and his shot at greatness. Now, Powers, and again, Flair's great. Flair yeah. makes everyone look like fucking Oh, of course. Gold. I mean, you know, Flair's out there. It's going to be, you know, he's going to be able to carry somebody to a good match. Exactly. Uh, Powers starts Powers really strong. doesn't really need it. He's got a good showing. He's just yeah. great here. He gets his eyes raked by woman early on in the night, but then he powers back with a headlock takedown. 
Uh, Flair back in charge with chops in the corner, but those fucking knife-edge chops that Powers comes back yeah. with, fucking stinging. Backdrop, drop kick. Flair goes for a flare flop, but seems to slip off the apron. Yeah. And the problem is, uh, when you get sweaty, you sweat. Oh, and I think I that's what's happened here. Fanny Zabisco was still here to, yeah. to warn us of the See, this is problems why we of need, perspiration. Like, Bischoff, just, just do, go to your secret panic room with your police every week. Let Larry take over. <laughs> that way you don't need to worry about getting attacked by the NWO. It's true. Yeah. But what it does create, the sweatiness does create a fantastic 20 seconds of Ric Flair where he goes out, he falls to the apron, he falls off the apron to the outside. He pop, props, pops straight back up, marches around the ring, shouts at a bloke in the crowd, dances very quickly with woman. And then gets back in. Struts up the <laughs> stairs and then goes, and then begs off to Jim Powers. Yeah. <laughs> All in 20 seconds. It's fabulous. One of my favorite moments of the night was just this flared 20 seconds of recovery after slipping off the apron. Uh, Powers is on it. He throws Flair off the top rope, hits some sharp clotheslines. However, Flair hits a chop block that slows him down completely. Mm. Powers absorbs a knee drop from Flair and then gets locked in the figure four and Flair retains the title. But what a showing from Powers. Yeah, great showing from Powers in, in terms of like somebody who's just being thrust into it quite a lot recently. Mm. Uh, yeah, this is the kind of spot you want to see these people in. Just, you know, give them a big dynamic showing, uh, get the crowd on their side, you know, give them quite the upset you yeah. know, they don't need to win, but you, you can make them cause a couple of upsets through the match, which is quite nice. Uh, and I thought, yeah, it worked, worked well. Cause the crowd seemed to be into it. Big fan of this. Big fan of it. The Horsemen are out to congratulate their mate. Uh, Sans... The four Gene men, actually. The four Gene, sorry. <laughs> the four Gene men. The four Gene men. Is Gene now like just morphing into whoever he's interviewing? Yeah, that's what he should be doing, like Jimmy Hart. <laughs> Gene me Hart, you mean? Yeah. Uh, mean Gene catches up with uh, the four Gene men. Arn says their night at Bash the Beach didn't go as planned despite Flair winning the title. Uh, but what he saw at the end of the night made him puke. Arn says the horsemen were never role models, but one person was, and he left like a thief in the night. So I always, interesting words for Arn here, who was like, Hogan, we hate you, but you're yeah. a role model to people, and you've just you've pissed all that away. Know your place. Yeah. God. <laughs> it's just sort of like, it's funny. I bet he's racist and all. <laughs> I think in 2015 never happened. Hey, uh, no, he he said publicly, "I've put it all behind me," which must be nice for him because I don't think anybody else has. I like. I've put it all behind me. Buy my CBD products. <laughs> put it all behind me. Good for you, Hogan. I'm glad you have. Yeah. As after I after I did that awful thing, I've decided not to think about it. Anymore. I've decided that you know enough times passed and I have been forgiven. <laughs> I forgive me. <laughs> the crimes I committed. I've investigated these things, and I think it's all just a bit, you know, I, I think it's time for the Hulkster to return. <laughs> I've looked into it all. Am I racist? Well, should I be forgiven? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to plead no contest on this one. <laughs> Rick Flair makes a shout out to the outsiders slash the insiders. Until you can heal the sick, wake the dead, drive little girls right out of their head. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Mongo just goes off about the apocalypse for a little bit. He does because of Four Horsemen, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it just... He it takes just, it very seriously. It still just felt odd coming from Mongo, <laughs> even though he is a horseman. <laughs> uh, he tells the giant there's a new champion in town that can go all night long, does Flair. And then he does the Kukaracha for Kona. Yes. So he gets a lot in here. Okay, there's a lot crammed in. It's a, it's a lot to absorb. <laughs> it's just, again, the whole thing of like everyone, even the horsemen, are looking towards 
yeah. what Hogan's doing with his new mates. Hogan is in everybody's sights regardless of their mm. position on the card. Bischoff says WCW will not dry up and blow away. Now it's time to dig in and We're fight back. We're not going anywhere. That was me thinking you'd shut down because two wrestlers turned up. <laughs> Heenan says, we now know who the third man is. We can fight back and show him who's best. Because his big thing in the run-up to this was shitting himself because they don't know who the third man was. Yeah. And now he's like, oh, it's Hogan. Right, now we know what to fucking do. Let's leave a trail of money all the way to Ed Leslie's house. We'll leave a script for Mr. Nanny too, but only the first 10 pages. And then he's got to follow each page out of the building and we lock the door. Surprisingly, he falls for this every week. <laughs> he's been in that room for 10 days now. <laughs> Let me out, brother. Uh, <laughs> we get a recap of Luger being wheeled away after a slight ding to the head at Bash of the Beach. Oh, no, Luger. No, uh, Owies. Oh, ooh, please. Oh, ooh. please hurry back. We're I not scared. You. Come on, Luger. <laughs> we need your metal arm. Please come back, Luger. Oh, we need your metal arm to shoot more adverts for the Saturday night. Come on. <laughs> he won't be here tonight to face Have they Chris made Benoit? much of his metal arm? They've done. I think it's, it's probably. It's like they used it reference. twice in a match, maybe. I don't think the metal arm ever got. Like. WWF did with the match with, with the match with Yoko. Yeah. And the thing they nearly did with Bret Hart. Yeah. Do you remember when Bret Hart was doing the press conference before WrestleMania 9 and Luger ran up behind him and twatted him with his right. metal arm? And I thought we're going to get Bret versus Luger for the WWF title after Mania 9. And then we didn't. And they never. <laughs> And it's they probably never for the best. Again. There would have been some good, good matches between the pair at that level, I think. Hart but it would, would have had have, a good match it with would have, Luger. It would have been very much Bret Hart wrestling a broom. <laughs> yeah. But, you know. Which we know he well, can Well, more do. like a fridge. Bret Hart wrestling a fridge. <laughs> Double yeah. wide. That's it. Yeah. An, an official, official army surplus fridge. Yeah. That's it. As yeah. Was he a fridge? No, washing machine. He's a washing machine. Lest yeah. we forget, he's a washing machine. So we're not getting Luger versus Benoit, but don't worry, because Craig Pitbull Pittman is standing by. He's always ready for a match. So he's stepping up instead, along with his manager, Teddy Long. I'd, I'm just happy Craig got a match, to be honest. Yeah. It's been a while since we've seen him. It has been a while. Last time we saw him was he was he was uh, saluting the flag at the Great American Bash. And when uh, when Benoit makes his entrance, it's, uh, I believe, the first time I've heard it, but it's uh, they, they're talking about how Benoit's like a Wolverine. I was trying to remember whether we'd heard Wolverine before. Yeah. And I don't think we have. No. So that's quite an interesting little line to drop in from here. Uh, Pittman starts hot with Benoit, a large belly-to-belly -belly suplex, large German suplex. But that wakes up Benoit, who lands chops and some knees that takes down Craig. Pittman hit, headbutts Benoit low, which causes Benoit to roll outside. And it looks like Benoit's about to twat Teddy Long. Oh, yeah. It gets right up in his face. <laughs> this makes Craig Pittman very angry. You stay away from my teddy bear. Keep my wife's name out your fucking <laughs> mouth. And he chucks Benoit back in the ring, uh, uh, but really doesn't get much chance to do anything or defend the honor of yeah, his love. Crossface done. Crossface, <laughs> that's it. Crossface done. Pittman gives up uh, via Teddy Long. Who says, well, it's not. It out. It's not clear whether Pittman gives up. I think. I think Teddy Long throws it out for him because Teddy's in the ring going, that's it, he's it, done, he's see, done. It felt like Teddy just jumped in prematurely to save Pittman against Pittman's kind of persistence. Save but him I, from I himself. Yeah. I don't know. It felt like that was probably the case. Um, during this match, I do believe, uh, we, we get word that there are some visitors. What kind of visitors? Oh, the worst kind. Spiders. <laughs> They've got spiders it's in Disney, have they? Newcastle City Council, and they want to do a survey. 
We're going to put all the money into student flats, but uh, we'll certainly listen to what you have to say. <laughs> we'll certainly pay some attention to what <laughs> Maybe, if you're lucky. Uh, we'll find out who they are in a bit. No spoilers. Back from the break. Oh, no. Before Benoit uh, leaves the ring, he looks down the, down the camera and goes, Sullivan, beware. He does. And so then not done. following that is the, when we get the little bit of chat about the... Uh, the older we got guests arriving. Mm. I love this part of the show from here on out because every single time the guests are mentioned, uh, we have Eric on commentary basically going, we got guests, oh no, Disney's got proper shit security as well. Uh, <laughs> what a shit company we're working with. God, their security's fucking terrible. Not even anywhere near as good as like the arena in Nashville security. <laughs> Sting's not safe, everybody. That's Disney's fault. <laughs> Evil, wicked, capitalist Disney. That's how it. It's how far yeah. it feels like it's... <laughs> It feels it feels like a global theme park has worse security than Kobo Hall. Yeah, and to be honest, by the end of the show, you'll agree that it does. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just the focus on like, oh, not with Disney's security. <laughs> like, you imagine like Goofy and Pluto watching God, the door. you think you're being a good boss? You give the security team a night off after the most shocking things ever happened in the company that would probably require some security being around. And then this is how you get repaid. <laughs> well, fucking Goofy watching the door. Come on in, guys. Fucking imagine at the end of the show, you've just got fucking various casts of Disney (laughs) just (laughs) trying to pull apart the fight. Hey, come on there, guys. (laughs) Kevin Scott, get out of here. Gosh. No need for that. But yeah, it's going to be a central theme. Donald the, Duck losing his the, shit. The terrible security <laughs> for the remaining two matches. <laughs> like Eric, or the remaining one match. Just Eric, just take the take the free venue for God's sake. <laughs> Back from break, it's Arn Anderson in the main event against Stang. The Stanger. The Stanger. Stang's clapping hands, but he looks sad. Well, he, he looks sad because Hulk Hogan has turned his back on everybody, including Little Stinger, who obviously back in 1983 looked up to Hulk Hogan. He didn't. Um, you know, the man who invented wrestling. Uh, and also Sting got better pyro than Flair and our two combined. <laughs> he really did, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> he had his own fireworks that were closer to the uh, arena area. He had sparklers. He had the works. Uh, it's close quarters with these two until Arn attempts a pile driver and Sting backdrops him outside the ring. Uh, back from the break, Sting's offense gets cut off by Arn turning a leapfrog into a spine buster. Oh. Not the flushest. Oh, we're just getting, just getting where the, the, the just fuck the match. Uh, <laughs> fuck all this bollocks. They're in a rest hold anyway. Um, we've, we've got a, a black limo arrived. <laughs> the black limo has arrived. A black what's limo? It? What's in the limousine? Shit. Fuck, what could be in the limousine? It's a limo. It's Newcastle City Council. The fucking the, the Donald Duck just let him through without checking who was in the back. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Where's Mickey? <laughs> oh, hey, guys. Go on through. The best that fucking is... MGM lion doesn't know anything about wrestling. Why is he working the show? It really it really causes a bit of a separation <laughs> from, from, like, from, from you, know, you, you struggle, you're... The, the disbelief of it all because the limos you've pulled got up. like 40 of the burliest people you've ever seen in your life and they're all shitting themselves because of a limo but it's more the fact get that out of there put the windows in lads <laughs> that's it, isn't it drag them out kicking and screaming but the limo the limo <laughs> is pulled up and the limo is stopped at the same time because now the, the fireworks have ended for the day at disney people are leaving so you've got the limo there and then just stewards everywhere just ushering people out of the park <laughs> 
<laughs> so they're just like, so behind the limo, just these hundreds of families just yeah. walking past and just heading home. <laughs> As the show is still in progress. I just thought it was a funny, like, suspension of my disbelief. It's an odd visual when you see people leaving the show as the main event's going on. Uh, Arn does a rope-assisted abdominal stretch. Sting hip-tosses Arn to counter it. He bears down on a Boston Crab as we cut back to the limo. Oh, your kids are not safe at this park, (laughs) folks. Never visit Disney World. I cannot stress that enough. (laughs) Security is non-existent. We cut again. Anything can happen. Abductions, the works. <laughs> a limo. Madeline McCann, you guys don't know about that, but it's going to be big in future. I'm telling you. Just just remember, remember the name. I remember Bishop saying that. That was yeah. weird. That was. <laughs> Mentioning Madeline McCann. Uh, next time we cut to the limo, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall are heading towards the ringside area. Fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> Shut the place oh, down. Oh, no. What's security done? <laughs> They've let them through because they look like wrestlers. They didn't bother checking any of the passes. They didn't bother. <laughs> they just let them drive up and park <laughs> if anything it proves that you didn't need to buy tickets for tonight it was probably a free show anyway but you didn't need to buy tickets for tonight you could have just fucking sorted in Dro- drove in a limo and say hi oh, yeah we're here to Nobody stage check a, the stubs. scale rebellion of wcw <laughs> <laughs> yeah come on through yeah that's grand i mean bischoff does have a point about the security yeah just a little bit yeah like they the fact they've let him this far <laughs> in is fucking abdom- uh, 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 absolutely disgusting uh, here they come into the arena area, but there here's the security. Here's the yellow shirts. Try to keep them away. Uh, Doug Dillinger is amongst them, as yes. well as Goofy, Donald Duck, Daisy Duck, and I don't know, Marmaduke. Uh, Kevin Nash is wearing a t-shirt for GoGo Sports Bar in Elizabeth, New Jersey, which appears to be out of business now. For any of you, what happened to this restaurant slash bar after Bar Rescue? Kitchen Nightmares fans out there. What happened to the restaurant? <laughs> That's all I, I we always just watch that shit. That's like, what happened. What happened afterwards? They immediately sold the business. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. immediately went back to the original menu and failed. Okay. <laughs> they made a shit ton of money, sell the business on, and now sleeping comfortably. So here they are as the match is in progress. Sting and Arm both stop fighting. Yes. And they're giving it all this to, to Kev and Scott. Savage well, has turned up at this point as well. And then Arn goes, see, so you got enough people now, so Arn carries on wrestling. <laughs> and Arn goes to give Sting a DDT, <laughs> but Sting holds onto the ropes, good, ah, you're getting me, you fucker. And then puts the Scorpion Deathlock on him. While making very uncomfortable eye contact and really wrenching it for the boys. Really stares, Ooh. like, uh, stares a hole through the outsiders as Arn taps out to the Scorpion Deathlock. Uh, Arn scurries away. There's it, like a little bit of a fight kind of gets cleaned up a little bit. A little bit of a fight. It doesn't get to like even fisticuffs. It's just a bit like... Just a bit squabbling. In a car park. Yeah. Uh, then as, as Kevin and Scott are led away, uh, here's mean Sting Oakland with <laughs> Randy Gene Vidge and <laughs> Jing uh, in the ring. The macho Gene. The macho Gene and the man called Gene. Uh he asks, like, he immediately says to Sting, you all right? Uh, Sting says, I'm not surprised at all. What happened? I'm not surprised. There was no security here. Do not bring your kids to <laughs> Disney theme parks. Disney Universal death trap. Opening 2023, the Turner theme park, with all your famous favorite WCW stars in their retirement home, which is on the premises. <laughs> They they have to come out every day and entertain people. Like if WWE just bought Butlins, you know, you just send send out like an old like legend. You can go and do Minehead for the next six months. And they just live in a caravan, get wheeled out, and then they move on to the next one. That's a great day. Yeah. It's like your very own WWE theme park. Sting says, I'm not surprised at all. 
What happened? I'm not surprised. I've got cover from those two outsiders, but I'm very surprised at you, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Should have known when you were traveling to every town in that big fat limo. And not with not with Lex or the Stinger or, or Macho Man. God. Should have known when you referred to me and Macho Man as two little dogs. I made a mistake, but you made a bigger mistake last night. You told them to say their prayers and take their vitamins and believe in themselves. It's a good job you told them that. They sure as hell don't believe in you. No, you... they're husks now. They're... <laughs> They're just a shell of themselves. They're just, they're just... They sat at work with their red and yellow Zubas stripy pencil case feeling like fucking fools. <laughs> you did that. You did that. Fucking bastard. Shameful. You told the kids to stick it. No, you stick it, Hulk. <laughs> Not the little Hulkamaniacs. And then Macho Man's just like, I, I want to kill Hogan. Lex is all right. <laughs> he does say that, but I will point, I will point this out. Because we talked about how Benoit yeah. was called the Wolverine yes. for the first time. Savage says, I've got a message for Hollywood Hogan. Oh! I don't think we've called it, heard him called Hollywood no, Hogan. No, we haven't. Yeah, Savage Me. calls him Hollywood Hogan. And then he does a, a standard Savage promo for here saying, take the worst thing you can think of, multiply it by nine million, and then by infinity and beyond, that'd be one grain of sand in the Sahara Desert. Savage is a Toy Story fan. He truly is a Toy nice. Story fan. you got a friend in me, not you, Hogan. <laughs> you're a cunt. And then, yeah, it's just like, gonna, gonna kill Hogan, uh, Lex is all right. <laughs> Bye. See you later. After a break, Gene is back in the car park area with Kevin, Jash, and Scott, Gene. <laughs> Scott Jean and Jean Jean. <laughs> mean Gene, Mean Gene plugs Kissimmee Cab Company, which I think he said he would do when he got a lift there for free. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a plug on the telly. He then observes that the outsiders turned up in a limo. Gene asked what happened at Bash at the Beach. Then Nash says WCW took a beating, and as did the fans. Hulk built professional wrestling, and these people can't appreciate it. Hulk Hogan will be at Nitro next week, and we'll see what the big boys put us up to put up to us. Because the complete new order will be here, and then he goes off singing. Mm. I used to think that the <laughs> would never come. Just walking away slowly while maintaining eye contact, blending into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll never truly blend in because he's literally double the height of everyone else. So he's just walking backwards. I was hoping that, I was hoping that then Scott Hall would go, hey, man, you've got to hold and give. <laughs> Do it at the right time. <laughs> Scott and Kev wave to Hulk Hogan through the TV, and Hall says, this portion of WCW Monday Nitro is brought to you by The Outsiders and Hulk Hogan. Not quite the New World Order. New, 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 new. <laughs> World order. <laughs> New world order. Nice. We said we can't wait till we get to one sense. <laughs> I can. We said we'd do it. We advertised it and we delivered. We said we'd kick their butts and we did it. Crash the party. You should have been begging us to come in the door. Mean Gene then asks what it what it was meant earlier by I might lose my job. To which Scott Hall says, you know, so Kevin Nash says, if you want, you could join the New World Order. Yeah. So Mean Gene. Oakland is the first person to be offered a job at the New World Order. Interesting. Mm. He says he'll stay with Turner Broadcasting, who signed his contract. Because <laughs> he's not an idiot to sign with WCW. He's signing with Turner. That way, when WCW goes under, he can be paid for up to a year after. Yeah, and he's got a golden voice, you know, next up on Turner Movies. Yeah, he, know, he knows yeah. that there's, there's gold in them, their hills. Our final break, and we there's come gold back. gold in them, their lungs. <laughs> I hope not. That uh, <laughs> sounds dangerous. 
Our final break, we come back to an inconsolable Eric Bischoff. But then Bobby Heenan is like the hero here, who's, who really bigs up the Does fact a bit that, of rah-rah. Yeah, yeah, he's like, like, Hogan's not the guy who led wrestling. Like, we were all there with you. We built this, not you. Like, he gives a big rah-rah as you go off the air. We're going to well, see Hogan next week. Isn't it the big rah-rah? And then here's some pictures. That's all the time we got. That was it. So, yeah. <laughs> so the big build for the hour, for the entire show, was you're, we're going to show you some stills from Bash at the and Beach. And you see, like... 10 seconds of them. It's just like, whoop, 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 whoop. Bye. Classic Nitro shithousery. Buy the replay, you cheap bastards. It's coming up. They're getting the replay? Yeah. They're going to show They're going to show the replay this week? You should just tack on our watch along to the, the back of this as the replay. <laughs> so we'll do an extra episode, <laughs> which is the replay. So we just watch it again. Yeah. And we, we never leave this loop. But we watch it with our commentary over the top, so we commentate over our commentary. Yeah, I like that. Oh. Sounds like, it sounds like something they show at Tyneside Cinema. <laughs> At some point. So, first Nitro of the New World Order of Wrestling, brother. We've got another one in the same venue next week, I believe. Yes, we and, have. Uh, and basically after that, we're going to be hitting the ground running as we move toward Hogwild. Uh, yeah, so Hogwild, so far as it stands, uh, the main event for Hogwild is set to be the Giant versus Hulk Hogan. I wonder how that's going to go. I wonder what will happen. <laughs> it will not end very well. Uh, but good episode of Night Show. I thought two, at least two banger matches. Yeah. And some good storyline stuff in there. It's getting, the, with the addition of all the storyline stuff, especially we kind of sat there and being like, look at them looking all forlorn all night. It, it, it really is helping build all of the, uh, the mystery around the NWO. It's helping, you know, push the fact that people are all going to work together to get rid of them if they have to. Mm-hmm. So it's quite an exciting time to be a fan, you know? It it's, really uh, So the, the product's reflecting that on the weekly now. Uh, it's not always gonna, but, you know, it's gonna get there. It's gonna get there. And you join us on the journey every single week, every single Thursday, on the Consolid Podcast feed. And until we're next back together, he is at the Sun Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Like, hello, Rangel, Oligod, look at these pictures! Hogan is a fucking dick. Absolutely not. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>